I, I shouldn't be surprised at this anymore, but I woke up this morning and, um, you know, after getting ready for church and everything, I kind of sat to look over my notes and, um, I have a number of magazines that get curated on my iPad that, that send me articles. And believe it or not, there was an article this morning that said, science can now prove that money turns people into jerks. How appropriate. How, yeah, how, so I thought, oh, okay. How, how appropriate that we're talking about, uh, we've been talking about money. We've been talking about happiness and how money you know, drives us to happiness, et cetera, et cetera, or if money can even contribute to happiness. So we're going to talk about probably one of the more ugly components of, of money today. Um, and and it, it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit like telling you that oxygen is really bad for you, okay? It's, just, it's one of those topics, all right? Um, so bear with me. Um, I'm, I'm almost thankful that we're short on time this morning, so I don't have to, you know, kind of, you know, hit you really hard with this, but I want to start with a little test. I know how much you hate tests, but we're going to start with a little test. I got four, I got four verses up here. Okay. On this slide, which one of these four verses is an actual Bible verse? Okay. God helps those who help themselves make the most of every opportunity for happiness for the days are evil. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow is another day. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. You pass. Number three. Number three is the actual Bible verse. People actually quote the other ones, but they're not in the Bible. Or a portion of that verse is in the Bible. Um, you know, God helps those who help themselves is nowhere in Scripture. Okay? Can we just say that? <laughs> right? <laughs> God redeems those who try to help themselves. Anyway, but that's a whole number. Of the sermon. So this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about debt. Okay? And, and debt's one of those awful, awful topics. Because who hasn't ever used debt? In fact, in, in fact, it's 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 hard to survive in our day and age without it. Okay, and what 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 do we do with it? You know, can, can I? When it comes to biblical teaching, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we have discarded many centuries ago. You know, you talk about morality, sexual morality, and all that stuff. Um, that's that's probably an area that we've discarded really. Um, you know. But the debt thing, it's like we discarded it right from the very beginning. It's one of those biblical teachings that right from the, from the start uh, of society growing and, and you know, society expanding, it's one of those topics that, that we just um, have totally ignored. And yet the Bible's pretty, pretty strong about it, even though there's some allowances for debt. Okay, but what we're basically, or what the Bible basically talks about is excessive debt. Now, I don't know how to define it for you this morning. Okay? But, you know, what do you do with debt? And oddly enough, this particular passage is written by Solomon, who, at the time, is the wisest guy on the planet, and is also probably one of the wealthiest and this is kind of a two-edged sword because 
the way that the passage is written in Hebrew implies that, you know, debt is a really bad thing. But if you're a powerful person who has people who are in debt to you, don't abuse that power. It's, so it's kind of like a two-edged situation in the way it is written. Okay? Um, and, and, and can we... Debt is one of those really funny things. Okay? Because we talked in the last couple of sermons about this culture that we live in that pushes us to more. Have more. Have more. That happiness is, is derived from having more in your life. And we know that that's a big problem. You know? And how do you, how do you manage that in a culture that tells you the only way you're going to be happy is if you have more. If you can, you know, have on your side of the list the type of house, the type of car, the type of, you know, all of this kind of stuff. That this is what's going to make you happy. And we talked about, the, you know, the problem of more. Money can contribute to happiness. But it isn't the end result. You know, it's not, it's not what's going to get us the happiness that we want. And isn't, can we be brutally honest? Debt is something we get ourselves in. Can we just be honest about that? That's, that's the rub with debt, isn't it? The debt is a place that we get to ourselves. It's like, it's like you know, here's, here's the prison. Here's the cell door. We're going to leave the door open. And we've got the enticement in there. And you walk in freely and all this stuff. And you go, okay? Isn't that, isn't that really the reality? You know, the, the right hook, the right bait, you know, the right lure was placed in front of us. And we willingly go into this thing. And we take from our future something that we need right now. Okay? Um, here's, here's, here's two things that I, th- I think we need to, to talk about. Standard of living and quality of life. Okay? Um, and, and here's the rub. We all, we all think the, that when we raise the standard of living, it's going to raise our quality of life. Don't we, don't we believe that? You know, if we, if we get the more that the quality of life is going to suddenly be more. And we think that that's the equation, okay? Now, there's two ways to get a better standard of life, okay? There's, there's two ways. There's, I'm going to call it the biblical way. The biblical way talks about doing it slowly, doing it methodically, doing it carefully, doing it over time. How boring is that? How many of us think, I have no time, Okay, but the other way of raising your standard of living is by going into debt. Okay, the fastest way to raise your standard of living is by debt. And you don't have to wait, you know, don't have to go in in time. But time is boring. Time takes a long. Why can't I have and enjoy what I want right, right, right now? Because life is short, right? You hear that all the time. Why can't I have what I want right now? Why can't I? Now, I happen to think, by the way, by the way, by the way, that um, it's okay to go, 
You know, what, what, do, you, what do you do with mortgages? Okay, I, hit, I think that's a whole different game. All right, that's a whole different game. But what about the you know, quality of living? Let me, let me give you something, okay? Do you know for every dollar of disposable income that Canadian households have, they owe more than $1.70 in debt? All in all, Canadian households owed a total of more than $2.1 trillion at the end of December. A figure that increased by 1.1% in the last three months of the year. Much of that, almost $1.4 trillion, came in the form of mortgages. But Canadian households also owe more than $630 billion dollars in various forms of consumer debt. And consumer debt is now increasing faster than mortgage loads are. That's, that's scary, right? That's scary. Okay? Um, and, you know, most of, most of us think we're okay because our mortgages are growing, you know, pretty fast. Uh, but our debt loads are starting to grow faster than what our mortgages are. Okay? Um, here, here are the four things that, that debt destroys. Here's, here's the four things that, that debt destroys. Um, and it, it diminishes our, our quality of life in many, many ways. Okay? Because it can't buy happiness. And we're talking about... And you know, the, the big danger here is consumer debt. Okay? We can argue all we want about household debt in, uh, in, in terms of mortgages property, that kind of stuff, okay? That, that's, that's a, I think that's a whole different category. But I'm talking about consumer debt, all right? And I remember I was doing counseling a couple of years ago, and I came over a, a topic that I'd never heard before. And the person that I was um, counseling with and talking to, and a couple of bankers were kind of in the mix, and they, talked, they told me about this thing called survivor debt. I'd never heard about survivor debt that, 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 that you know, and a, and a couple of the individuals there had basically two jobs trying to keep things up, and they kept going into debt even though they were working and stuff like that. But the cost of living had, anyway, and, and it was something I never even conceived before. All right? That's kind of like the culture and all that that, we, that we're living in. But here's, here's the deal. Debt diminishes joy. True or False. That diminishes joy, okay? Even, even, even Solomon says, I believe it's in the Ecclesiastes, that the person that, you know, goes to bed worried about, you know. Um, thankfully, I'm at an age where I hit the pillow and I just die. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't tend to worry anymore, okay? Because I'm just so tired I need to sleep, right? But, you know, but it diminishes joy, Right? And I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that really bothers me about believers is this lack of joy in our lives. And I often wonder if the joy that we're lacking in our lives is more because we're burdened by the weight of the things that are around us, things like debt, and not happy with a sense of joy that we have because we're just believers. See, God never wants you to be enslaved to anything. And that's what that passage is talking. The passage talks about being enslaved to the lender. And it's using that harsh terminology. 
that it's not a healthy relationship. It's one where there's a master over you. And that master actually controls your life. More so than you want to admit. Okay? So it diminishes joy. I, you know, when you have weight in your life that you don't know how you're going to get out of, it just takes the joy. You, the, the, the small things become difficult things. And, and how many times have you got no margin in your life and something else comes along and suddenly you're at your breaking point? You're at, you know, the, the end of your proverbial rope. And it's because it was just a little thing but it just broke you enough because you didn't have any margin in your life and suddenly all joy is gone. And how many of us, just because of the financial situation, see nothing else that God is doing in our lives because that is the only thing that matters. God never wants you to be enslaved like that. Ever. 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 Here's the second thing. Peace. I've said this many times. I'd be a rich man for every, you know, I, if, if I had five cents even for every time somebody said to me, I wish I had some peace in my life, I'd be a wealthy man. That's one thing that, that many people are missing. And you've got to wonder, if we live in the best, you know, kind of circumstances in the, in, in the world, and yet we have very little peace about us, what is it that's, 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 that's not allowing that in our lives? Okay? Peace. Right, here's the third thing. Contentment. Okay? I think, I, I think the lack of contentment... Um, I, I tell... Um, have I told you the story about listening to advertisers for two weeks? Have I ever told you that story? Okay, I listened to advertising for two weeks. And I intentionally... I made a list. I had a, I had a thing on a clipboard. And, and this is back in the day where I didn't have a phone to write. You know, you know. <laughs> Remember those days? I actually had a paper. I had a notebook. Okay? Back in the back. In, back. That's, that's how far back it's going. Okay? So don't date me. Um, but I kept a, uh, uh, this, this list, and I wanted to know how many times advertisers use the word contentment. Be content. How many times do you think I wrote on that list? Zero. Why? How do you know the answer? Why do you know the answer? <laughs> from two weeks ago yeah yeah it's just it's just it's just not it's never you never hear that nobody wants bad consumer is a consumer who's content okay but we're not content we're not living you know and and i often wonder when jesus talked about living a, an abundant life when when jesus talked you see and and talking to 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 people in north america talking into this culture about debt it's it's like it's like i'm up here telling you that oxygen is really bad for you it's not an easy message but i, I said last week i'd rather talk about hell in this topic But unfortunately, it's, it's got most of us in a stranglehold and has enslaved us to such a degree that we have to make some kind of decision about what to do with it. Here's, a, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Generosity. Talked earlier about our vision statement, having this, 
this, this sense of, of generosity and, and all the things that we want to do. And, and debt does something that's really hurts your own heart. You know, many of us, I believe, would love to give or would love to be generous or would love to help people in time. But how many, you know, are prevented from doing that because they're weighed down by debt? You'd love to be generous. You'd love to give more. You'd love to help one in this area. But I just can't because of it. All right? Um, this, whole, this whole debt thing. All right? Um, Seth, Seth Godin on his blog just recently. Um, oh, not recently. Actually, June 4th of last year. I got the date right here. What's the, what's the chances? I saved this from last year. Wow. On June 3rd, okay? Um, He said, don't expect much from a drowning person. They're not going to offer you a candy bar or ask you how your day is going. They're too busy drowning. And then he says this next line. Generosity takes effort. It requires the space to take your mind off your own problems long enough to see someone else's. It requires the confidence to share when a big part of you wants to hoard. Now, this is about debt, obviously, right? He's talking about a whole different mindset. And it requires the emotional labor of empathy. Generosity begins by trusting enough to know that we're not actually drowning. Okay. I get to close. We're done. But here's, here's what I think is really um, where I want to mention this. I don't often do this. Um, and I said, as, as we planned this sermon series some months ago, I had no idea the election was coming up. And it's very interesting that we're at the point of the election, okay? So I rarely, rarely, if ever, do this. Um, talk politics from the pulpit. But (laughs) when a politician says, we're going to give you this for free. (laughs) Why do we fall for that? Why is it that when it comes to electing people, we often are more, I am more interested in what they're going to give me as opposed to asking them, how are you going to pay for this? We are, most, we are the most indebted province in the world, I think. Why? Why? Why is it that we do not realize that these people who we have entrusted with the resources of, of, have enslaved us to debt? Okay, I'm done. Please, please. This is, this is a very important. 
Okay, let's, let's be mindful of, of what, we're, what we're voting and how we're voting. And let's be careful because, you know, you may, you may think it's not going to affect this generation or anything like that, but it's going to affect us for many, 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 many years to come, right? And by the way, I do not believe for a second that balancing the books of a province means you've got to lay everybody off. That just infuriates me when there's so much excess, there's so much waste, there's so much all that kind of stuff that we can have, you know, the best health care, the best everything, right? And not have to jeopardize the financial stability of this province. So, okay, I'm done. Rant's over. All right? Debt is not only just hurting our personal, let's, let's, you know, our personal lives, but debt is ruining a country, our country, which is such a great country. My parents came over here because it's a great country. We've lived here all our lives. It's a great country. Let's not let something that enslaves us, takes us down a road, okay, that's just going to make us much less than we ever were in the past. Okay? There. Let's have it. Okay? All the best. Make sure you vote and do it mindful of what the promises are all about. All right? Let me uh, invite the worship team up. Okay? As they're coming up, I know, let me pray. I really feel we need to pray. Okay? Lord, thank you for um, this one short verse. And Lord, we know this instinctively. And yet somehow we continue to find ourselves in that spiral. It's a biblical principle how debt can hurt us. So Lord, help us. Help us to find a way to be free. To find a way to lessen our dependency and to allow us to live in freedom as you intend for us to live. May that be true of the people that we entrust with the resources um, of this province. May that be true with the people that we trust to the resources of this church, our communities, and help us, Lord, to be free, truly free, when that even includes our money. In Jesus' name, amen.